0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DW, report, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
0: 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Millions of Screens. I'm creative producer Leo Garcia, joined as always by TV Awards editor Libby Hill and TV deputy editor Ben Travers.
2: Is this the first time Ben's worn a hat on the pod? It is the millions and millions of little screens. Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. (laughs)
0: Being ahead to the clicker, our recap. Of the biggest news items from this past week guys today when this podcast is released peacock launches now ben i'm a rube so i don't know much about anything but i think there are three tiers to to peacock one that's free one that's five dollars and one that's ten dollars
1: now first of all let's address the rube comment one that's been dispelled through multiple editions of the podcast Two, You definitely shouldn't be a Rube on this topic because you set the budget for our streaming wars guide like <laughs> each time. So I think, you know, you're correct in terms of the price tiers. Um, but yes, no, Peacock is, is, is finally here. Uh, technically it's been available for, I think, Comcast subscribers since April. Um, but that was April a, 15th. A, yes. That was a, a quote unquote beta version, right?
2: It's like a soft
1: open,
0: yeah, that's soft good. open. Yeah. That that works. Open.
1: But yeah, like the, the the tiers are are somewhat self evident. They they're, or at least they they're intuitive in a way, in the sense that the free tier um, gives you, I think, seventy five hundred hours of programming or most of of the library slate that's uh, NBC Universal is launching with. Um, whereas the five dollar option gives you all of the programming as well as all of the originals that they're launching with. And then the 9.99 dollars 99 option uh, removes ads from the experience. So you get the full full boat of uh, the library, of the originals, of, of late night TV, news, sports, all that stuff, as well as uh, ad-free experience. But the, the real emphasis of Peacock, the way that they're trying to distinguish themselves from the rest of all of these streamers, is because they're free, because they have a free option, because it's primarily an ad-supported service. And whether or not you know, the generation who wants to cut the cord will accept and adopt and add build TV viewing option is kind of the big question mark looming over the launch. But uh, they're fully behind it. That's part of the reason that they're kind of trying to work in, in congruence with their, you know, cable providers. But, um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting rollout. I have no idea how to judge its success or failure, so we might just have to wait and see.
2: I don't know. I think they're off to as much of a rocky start as HBO Max is for many of the same reasons. They are um, not available
1: on Roku and Amazon Fire, so that's that seems like a, a pretty big speed bump right off the bat.
2: Yeah. Also, uh, things are really moving around as far as what was going to be what was promised on launch, what was going to be available where, um, specifically, like their NBC's late shows were supposed to air on Peacock, like it'd be available on Peacock at eight or nine ahead of their actual broadcast. But now that's not going to happen until they're back in the studio.
1: Yeah. They're citing COVID related issues as to why that's not right.
2: available. Which uh that may be, but like when I talked to Seth Meyers last week, he said that he, they have to get their stuff booked and done and, and sent in far earlier than they did when they were doing the uh, live show. So um, I, I'm willing to suspend disbelief on that front as far as not making it available with launch. But uh, it's just, it feels like, you know how everyone was complaining about HBO max and like not knowing what was on there. Like that's how I feel about Peacock because there are plenty of like big headline like nbc shows and i know it's not just an nbc streamer but they're big nbc shows that are not on there and it's weird
1: look at all these wonderful peacock shows we've got 30 rock that's very exciting it's fun i'm
0: gonna go talk got, to some food about this
1: got the carol burnett show it's nice it's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful of course cheers obviously that's gotta be on peacock Everybody loves mm-hmm. cheers parks and rec gonna be right there jj's diner let's head over and, of course, the staple, Everybody Loves Raymond,
0: which is <laughs> fucking obviously. Classic NBC shows.
2: Yeah. No. I
0: Banner. remember I remember that uh, must-see TV lineup uh, with Everyone Loves Raymond leading right into Seinfeld. I was just like, whoa.
2: Crazy. <laughs> Power block of comedy.
0: Yeah. It was Friends, Everyone Loves Raymond, Seinfeld, and then the Carol Burnett Great. show at 930. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was funny because they
2: would break <laughs>
0: <laughs> they would break the space-time continuum to air the carol burnett show, show. speaking of must see tv 30 rock is kind of in the news i'm not even sure if it was it was on whatever the next iteration of must see tv was but there, there's there's a 30 rock reunion you know a, a, a virtual-esque reunion happening uh much in the same way that, that parks did uh, a reunion um, but the news that's half fitting is that most affiliates will not be carrying
1: Roughly half the
0: affiliates. <laughs> I mean that's not
1: let's not go let's not go crazy. It's not most, it's just half.
0: It's just yeah. an
1: even split. Um yeah, no, that's a problem. The, the, the NBC stations have reportedly refused to carry this thirty Rock this thirty rock reunion, which is also doubling as NBC's upfront presentation. So it's their like big ad for the company about what's going to be coming out over the next six months to a year.
2: Nothing about this makes sense. Like every TV show featured on 30 rock was like an incisive criticism of the like modern state of television, uh, like reality TV, like things like that. So having that cast, they're introducing new content. Um, and what the future of NBC is is just going to make it all read like it's just ridiculous, terrible things. And from what I've seen of Netflix of NBC's future, th- it won't be that far off. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I feel it's like just a
2: weird a- vibe.
0: I mean, isn't 30? that the pilot for Thirty Rock where Jack explains to Liz Lemon what synergy is? It might not be the pilot, but it, it's somewhere it very early a in the sh- very early in the show <laughs> where he explains yeah, very- synergy. Uh, and well, this feels like, like a synergistic move
1: so much of so much of this idea at the onset had people talking about how this is just this is ripe for a thirty rock joke in and of itself, like this is something that thirty rock would have created to make fun of as like an illustration of where the network wouldn't really go, but it's not that far removed from a strategy, so you can believe it so then it's funny, and now it's really happening and the same can be said about the the strike that that they're gonna create this special that people aren't going to be able to see or only half the country is allowed to see because it's skewed too much toward advertisement like the you could see the bit being that like Jack was trying to infuse it with more and more synergy until it reached a level of saturation and then it exploded and nobody got to watch it it, it,
2: has, it has very big uh, pre-taping a, um, fund, uh, uh, a fundraiser for a, a natural disaster energy <laughs>
0: yeah. exactly. or setting off
2: fireworks in, in downtown New York.
0: Well, guys, t- today's today's topic is the comedy acting categories uh, at the Emmys, or, or nominations, I should say. Uh, we'll start with lead actor, uh, which last year was won for the second time in a row by Bill Hader. But Barry is not eligible. Your guys' your guys's picks are, I think, nearly identical with the only swap being... Libby, you have Eugene uh, Levy in the first spot, and Ben, you have Ted Danson in the first spot, but otherwise it's Eugene Levy, Ted Danson, Larry David, Rami Youssef, Don Cheadle, and Steve Carell. The other big switch is Libby, you have uh, Michael Douglas in the sixth spot instead of Steve Carell. So I guess there's two, the two distinctions yeah. are, Ben, you have Ted, Ted Danson in the one spot as opposed to Eugene Levy, and then you have Steve Carell as opposed to Libby's Michael Douglas. Convince me who's right. right.
2: Who's right?
1: Either uh, well, of us, probably. Yeah, that's, that's the safe bet. And then I would be happy to convince you that Libby is correct and that uh, Eugene Levy is, is a very well-liked actor who is on a show that is, I mean, uh, on a rather small network but elevated by uh, being distributed by Netflix as well. Uh, and it gained some momentum last year by breaking into some of the major races. People see this as the final season, an opportunity to reward it. It's highly unlikely that it wins in multiple categories. And since this is a weaker competition compared to, say, a comedy series or comedy actress, then Levy seems like the way they might want to go. If they're going to give somebody the award uh, uh, in, in the bigger comedy categories again, uh, then this would probably be the one.
0: Well, you just made the I argument for Levy. <laughs> so, now, Levy, make the argument for Ted Danson.
2: I mean, I think it goes to, to speak again to sort of those actors whose careers have um, spread several decades in Hollywood. And Ted Danson is a, a very well-liked, very well-loved actor um, and appears to be a good person, uh, give or take a blackface it's just this this is a this is a kind of a mess of a year in this category. I know I say that with everything, but hater not being there really like puts it off balance.
0: It's crazy to me that Steve Carell has never won. That he's been nominated six times and never won. And not that Space mm-hmm. Force is what he should win for. But that's that's
2: and like that a that would be
1: terrible. That would be son of a woman level. <laughs> uh let's make up for our
2: mistakes (laughs) that's if he wins for morning show
1: Ooh, ooh, yeah uh Uh, no well that's i think i think that's the thing about this category that's that's interesting i think you can craft a narrative for just about any of the top contenders like ted danson hasn't won since 1993 and The fact that he's won is great, but that's a long time for TV royalty like Ted Danson, especially when he's been on some really well-received programs. And anybody who's arguing that Schitt's Creek deserves uh, a big recognizable win for its final season would have to say the same thing for The Good Place, objectively speaking, because it's the final season as well and it hasn't really pulled in that, that marquee name. And then Larry David for Curb Your Enthusiasm, he had a healthy year. Like a lot of people were talking about Larry long after Curb Your Enthusiasm um ended or continued long might be much longer than they did for its revival season last year um so like there's a lot of goodwill behind that guy and you know he hasn't won an acting yet so maybe it's his year and Rami coming off the Golden Globe win with the hot new Hulu show like there's a lot of ways to to look at it and Carell you know even though he's barely squeaking in as of now by most predictions um He's still that guy that people feel bad. Never won for the right show.
2: I think you know it really feels like one of those things where um, the top six to eight aren't really that far above or in front of the rest of the uh, the rest of the um, eligible entrants. So it feels like this is one where we could get. Three new candidates who have never been nominated before. Like, if they wanted to to just clean house, they won't. But if they wanted to, there's a lot of weird shit they could pick up and 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 put in there. Um,
0: friend of the friend of the pod, be, Paul Paul Rudd.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, That's if they love good. that performance, that gets it. It's it's definitely an interesting an interesting performance. I'd say far more interesting than some of last year's nominees.
1: This is also. Awesome definitely a category that once the nominations come out no matter who is in it the the ranking is going to change because if it's clear that you know there's a shits creek surge or a curb surge or a good place surge or the opposite then the odds of them winning in that category are going to be affected so it's it's a it's very much a wait and see thing in terms of who's winning right now but in terms of who gets in yeah i completely agree there could be some
0: surprises what aside from paul rudd friend of the pod in the spoiler section would you really love to see enter the fray as one of the the six nominees
1: oh i'd really i'd love to see jim carrey get in but it's never going to happen like in an on paper it kind of feels like he's primed to to get some awards recognition right now because he had a very successful movie this year his book just came out which got him a lot of press around the nominations but it's just a bummer that nobody seems to be talking about kidding. Showtime burned off those episodes last year in like, you know, two at a time increments. Um, it seems like something that, that just kind of missed the radar on a lot of fronts. And his performance is fantastic. Like he's just, he's everything you'd want out of a Jim Carrey performance. Um, and it's a bummer to me that he's, he's so far gone. But, you know, you can say that for a lot of people. Who, are, who have been really, really good to watch. Like Randall Park in Fresh Off the Boat, he's always been so good on that show and just so solid and created such a distinct character within that world. And it's just not a showy kind of performance, so it's not going to get him uh, the recognition that, that some of these other guys are, are getting. And Zach Galifianakis for the last season of, of Baskets Again, another show that was recognized early on, but it's just kind of dropped off the off the radar. So I don't think we're going to be surprised by those names, but it would be a stronger category if they got in.
0: So lead actress, which was won by uh, Libby's pick last year, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> Libby had it when no one else had it. And I did. Nobody uh, uh, go that far.
2: Nobody. No, no one the else had, one had it. Who backed Fleabag? <laughs>
0: no. So obviously, there'll be no repeat uh victory for fleabag, not eligible. But is there a chance for Rachel Brosnahan to reclaim her spot which she had won the previous year? Uh in terms of your guys's picks, again you're pretty much identical until your sixth slot where uh Libby you have Linda Cardellini and Ben you have Merritt Weaver. Not really sixth slot, but you know what I mean. In your six, that's the only name that's different.
2: Yeah. I mean, Cardellini, for me, comes off of the strength of, I feel like I know a lot of people who really love Dead to Me, and um, Cardellini's been around for a while. She seems like a good egg. Uh, She was apparently the beating heart of Green Book. I don't know if anyone heard that um, during that Oscar campaign, but- uh, What a statement. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the takeaway from the Green Book.
0: She's also in the Marvel Uh, movies. All right. So just just to be clear, you guys, I wanted to say all the names. Rachel Brosnahan, Catherine O'Hara, Christina Applegate, uh, Issa Rae, Pamela Adlon. And then, as I said, Libby, you have Linda Cardellini and Ben, you have Merritt Weaver. So Libby, you would have both of the Dead to Me leads nominated in this category.
2: I would. I think we're going to see a lot of doubling up in categories this year. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see it there as well. I don't know, I feel like the affection for that show and for both of the actresses will be enough to sort of propel it into that next level of of comedy series. Um it's it feels it feels very much like uh Comedy's Ozark to me. Um I don't know what that means, but it feels right.
0: <laughs>
1: Comedy's I mean, Ozark. I would say that those shows are are much more similar than anyone would want to admit, considering that Dead to Me is not a comedy. So the fact that it's off my charts, other than Christina Applegate's, is probably me being in denial out of out of pure protest because Absolutely. I, I just I just don't. I I, I acknowledge that it's extremely popular. Um, I know that it's gotten some pretty good traction between uh, last year's Emmys and the guilds this year, but carlini is not somebody has been able to break through and the show hasn't been able to break through in a as big a way as they had hoped initially um that very well may change with season two as you said it, it it's just very well launched and netflix is giving it a huge push and those two both both of the leads are pretty much tv royalty like they're infallible at this point like they're they're very very good no matter what you think of the rest of the series so if they're going to double up, I would believe it. And at the same time, Merritt Weaver, her show just got canceled at HBO. So uh, I, that, that has not always stopped nominations before, especially if it's more of a kind of a multiple season kind of thing going on. But for a first season show that never really caught the buzz that a lot of people wanted it to or thought it would or whatever, um, this one seems like she might just fall off the radar. But I don't know, like it also came at the end of voting. Like it, it came the cancellation came toward the end of it. It didn't necessarily get the same push as some of their other comedies, like Issa Rae and Insecure got a much bigger push, and rightly so. Um but yeah, I, I'm I'm very torn about it because Weaver is just somebody that the Academy loves. So I I don't know. I I would say it's worth noting that that there are other actors from who've been nominated in the past who've kind of been a little bit overlooked at this point namely lily tomlin and jane fonda for grace and frankie like it seems like the dead to me leads are, are kind of taking over that shot for netflix to get two people into the same thing but i could easily see that sl- sixth slot fall into tomlin again because they just they love her and they've nominated her a bunch of times already for that show um and it's not like that show's over and it's not like the fans of that show have been disappointed so um it's kind of like either end of the spectrum could happen. There's been a, a big surge around Elfanning fanning for the great, um, but Hulu uh, don't know how much, you know, how many people have actually watched it. The renewal helps, but it's still kind of an hour long comedy, which is awkward. So uh, I'm not sure it's got the momentum, but, but either of those are kind of, it's like the ones we forget. And then the ones who are repeatedly told were repeatedly told, Hey, they could get in too," and you're like, I'm okay. We'll wait
0: it out. Let's move on. Moving on. Moving (laughs) on to supporting actor Shaloub. Uh. All right. We're done. Uh, Moving on to supporting actress (laughs) Shaloub. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) obviously, Tony Shaloub will be nominated and will most likely win. Uh, But. In terms of other potential nominees, uh, currently Ben, you have Dan Levy, Keenan Thompson, Sterling K. Brown, Alan Arkin, Mahershala Ali, James Marsden, and William Jackson Harper. Libby, your first five are the same, with the exception, and then you have Louis Anderson and Nicholas Holt, except instead of James Marsden and William Jackson Harper. So you're pretty strong on those first five.
2: It's such a, there's so many nominees in this category. (laughs)
1: Yes, there are, there are a
0: lot.
2: And most of them are from Marvelous Mrs. Amazing.
0: It's crazy to me, Ben, you're in a perfect world, which means they're like, there's a lot, they're a longer shot than the spoilers. Have three people. I would absolutely love to see nominated. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Which is crazy.
1: Walton Goggins had a great year between the unicorn, which is a very fine CBS kind of episodic sick family sitcom uh, oh where God. he's being like a kind of straight dad, every guy, which is a weird thing to watch Walton Goggins do, which kind of makes it entertaining unto itself. And then he's on the righteous gemstones as this insane <laughs> singer person who has the best original song of all of television yeah. this year. Um, I just, I would love to see Goggins get in there. Like, he's so good. And J.B. Spoon, if, always. And and Andre Brower, always. so
2: What if the Academy went all in on Righteous Gemstones and Amazing. none of us saw it coming?
0: I told you guys, I forget when I watched it, but I, I remember coming into the office and saying, like, I rarely laugh out loud at things and I I hate most comedy. But Righteous Gemstones <laughs> is, like, one of the... One you of really those, do. One of the few things that, like, surprised me and made me laugh. Uh, out loud well, well I,
1: I mean i think that points to the the really challenging part from a prediction standpoint and an exciting part from just a, a tv fan standpoint of having so many nominees in the category it's like yeah shalhoub we know and dan levy yeah sure that's probably a lot alan arkin is somebody who with this many people it seems like he's he's kind of got to get in because the way that people adore him is just uh, even if that show is really fallen off even though it didn't start that high up um but yeah like like Mahershala is somebody who isn't really a lock even though he's Mahershala Ali you you everybody loves him he did a great job in that show but we don't know how Rami's gonna perform um James Marsden is somebody who like a lot of people didn't even know was coming back in Dead to Me season two so like his new kind of different role spoiler free talk here um is is makes him a lot more endearing as a character, which means he's that usually helps get the votes out without, you know, distracting from him actually giving a good performance. Malkovic has been what people seem to agree on about space force as like the bright shining. Look what he's done. This guy did a great job. Um, William Jackson Harper is somebody who I just, I really thought was going to be kind of the breakout from a good place if it climbed up from just like ted danson and writing like if it was able to kind of expand the nomination count william jackson harper would be kind of the next actor to get the get the dot um and there's still you know so many more there's still like 50 marvelous mrs Maisel actors who are who i haven't named who could get there too so um i'm i'm excited to see how it turns out even though as as somebody who's supposed to be able to predict this stuff
2: i'm terrified of being you know 60 percent wrong I, I would have no problem with that in this category, though, because it's such a cluster. Like, I, I don't know, um, 251 uh, submissions in Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series and 241 for Supporting Actress. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of people, and they're all pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's, it's also, it's another question of kind of how will people approach it, too, like, is this year going to be a year where they fall back on old favorites or, you know, venture out into new territory? Because people like Alec Baldwin for Saturday Night Live and Ty Burrell for Modern Family, like, they're still on the ballot. There's still people who are watching those shows or watch those shows. So it's really hard to tell where they're going to go. Or, you know, for God's sake, give Mark Maron a nomination for Glow. Like, he's been... Oh, ah, the show's so good. So just, good.
0: Well, moving on after the category of Shalhoub uh, to Best Supporting Actress, where some of Tony Shalhoub's (laughs) co-stars seem to be in the driver's seat. You guys are, again, very similar, at least in the top portion of of the ballot. Ben, you have Darcy Carden from The Good Place uh, and Haim Abbas, uh, whereas Libby, you have Rita Moreno and Yvonne Mm -hmm. Orji. So those are sort yes. of the, those are your, your differences. Uh, the ones that you have in common are Alex Borstein, Jane Lynch, Kate McKinnon, Maren Hinkle, Betty Gilpin, and Annie Murphy. Uh, so you have Schitt's Creek getting nominated in all four categories. Both of you.
2: I think, yeah. I mean, I think there's, it is its final season. It does have a lot of buzz. The supporting categories have so much room in them. Um, I just think it's a safe bet for those, for for Levy and and Murphy to get in there, I don't agree with the people who think like Emily Hampshire is going to get in. Like there there are some people who are just like who are going very marvelous, Mrs. Maisel about Schitt's Creek, and that is, I feel like I I feel confident enough to say it, unequivocally that is not going to happen. Um, but I, I guess more power to you if, if you think it is. Um, yeah, I only put but Earth yeah. in
1: there as soon as it expanded. Like until it expanded to eight until we knew there were gonna be eight nominees. Same. She's not making a cut. So I, me too. I I completely agree with everything Libby just said. I think it's it's again one of those that you wanna believe if you are a devout fan of the show, that it's ready to make that jump, but there is not a lot of evidence to support that. So
2: No. And me putting Reader Moreno in there is is just I don't understand how they haven't nominated her before. It's a great performance. She's a literal living legend. Um, It's just, it's weird to me and I'll keep banging that drum. And Yvonne Orgy, uh, you know, uh, Insecure had a very buzzy season that aired straight through voting. And I believe her character had a really prominent storyline. So I don't know. Uh, And and she deserves to be there. Uh, So I I think I think Ben and I are pretty I don't think we hate each other's picks like where we diverge. Um, I know I hate some of my picks just because I know they're going to get nominated and I don't necessarily agree with it. But Ben, Uh,
1: completely unrelated note. I will say that me having the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel three at one, two, three is completely indecision over which one is actually in the driver's seat, as you put it. Um, I don't necessarily think it has to be one of those three that's going to win, but I do think that that show and whoever, they're kind of, whoever the Academy's favorite representative seems to be will be in a position to win. You know, Borstein obviously is right there. Lynch is very popular. Hinkle is somebody who's kind of like... The one that people like to remind you is also doing really good work because the other two have gotten their spotlight already. Um, But the most important thing this year in in this category is that Betty Gilpin gets nominated for GLOW. And that's all I really care care about. There's plenty of other deserving talents. um, But I will just be crushed if if voters forget about one of the best comedies on TV. So that's where I'm at.
2: Well here is another place where I, I I enter my gripes about the comedy races is that glow had it's me, my favorite season uh, season three was my favorite season of the show I say arguably the best season of the show and it's just because of when it came out it's just it has nothing it had no buzz and and, and because it feels the like new
1: season didn't get to come out as scheduled they didn't get to finish it so it couldn't exactly the
2: right it's just um it it was just really unfortunate on every level and it makes me sad because you have a bunch of women doing a bunch of great work also mark Marin and who's also doing great work i mean everyone on that show is doing great work and yet they just can't they just can't catch a break there
0: uh well we should note that that ben and your uh Listing the, the Marvelous Miss Mazel Trio in 1, 2, and 3 uh, Borstein has won this category In running years And previous oh. to that Kate McKinnon had won it In running years, right? But, yeah. I
2: think the biggest story previous There though that, is that Alison Janney had won <laughs>
1: years. So, And then there was Merritt Weaver's year And then The year before that, it was Julie Bowen twice in a row. So So I I would like to repeat.
0: I did well in patterns in school. So we need a new winner, (laughs) and they got to win two years in a row.
2: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Uh, The real race in that category, I think, is between, yes, between Borstein and Lynch, because they both won last year. Um, Borstein won for supporting. Lynch won for guest. And now they are both supporting. So godspeed (laughs) yeah
1: i want i want a weird pivot i want them to just i want like i don't know if it's going to be you know ever nobody can decide on who to vote vote for vote for for mazel so they split and then it opens it up to whoever's left in the category or what but i I want i want that wild card where it's just like wait betty gilpin won she barely got like i didn't oh that's okay like i that would be i mean is that not is that not a fair i hope so
0: Is that a a fair thought to have with if there are three nominees from the same show that that they would sort of siphon votes from one another?
2: It's it's not, but it hasn't hurt them before. You know, it's not this is not the first time they've had multiple nominees in categories. Um, I think people have their favorites. I think Borstein is the obvious. I think this is the first time that Borstein has had actual competition within her category um from her own show not that hinkle isn't great but it's just it's just about how the parts are written and um and yeah so that might be interesting that that may be a position where you see um borstein and lynch split votes and then something interesting happens and by that i probably mean hinkle wins but i i don't know
1: it is interesting like last year was the first year that Warstein was up against another amazing actor so it was her, her and Hinkle but it was still an extremely crowded category there were still eight nominees and it was the last season of Veep so Anna Chlumsky who'd never won had her last shot at winning which seemed like come on give it to her but Sean Clifford and Olivia Coleman were both in there for Fleabang so then the question mm-hmm. becomes did Sean and Olivia split votes, and that's how Borstein ended up winning. Or was she just that dominant that even in the year people flipped out over bag that Borstein was still the pick? And then again, that makes you think, okay, she's probably ready to go again this year. But we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out once we get the the nomination totals. See where where the enthusiasm lies. Whether we can cross our fingers for an upset.
0: Uh, and I think I think I mentioned it while we were in between categories. But it, this is another one where you're in a perfect world. Selections would be great to see them uh, recognized. Judy Greer in Kidding and Divine Joy Randolph in High Fidelity would be excellent additions to the nominee list. Somebody for. <laughs> Too late! They voted yesterday. Yeah. It's that time of the show, Libby. I have yeah. searched. I've searched the word Quibi on Google, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the stories today have to do with the fact that Quibi actually won uh, a lawsuit, a patent lawsuit, for its turnstile uh, feature. Okay. Apparently, there was another company that was suing Quibi uh, over that, and and the thought was that if Quibi couldn't use that, there goes one of its like crowning achievements, like one of the things that it actually does well, allow you to watch. Sure in portrait mode or uh, uh, horizontal.
2: Right, and that sometimes it's used creatively, and, right.
0: Uh, but it did win. So it gets to keep using that, that feature. Okay. However, we'd be remiss if we didn't make note of uh, the news that came out last week after we recorded where uh, a sensor tower report noted that uh, of the users, it assumed Quibi was going to convert from its freemium version to to paid. Uh, around eight percent of subscribers stuck around. Uh, yeah, so I did. You the say the number I 80%? saw? No, 80%. eight percent. Eight percent. Eight percent. Eight percent.
2: Wow. So, uh, so I believe the number I saw left? was seventy-two thousand.
0: Now, how many of those people <laughs> don't have a podcast and don't have two co-hosts who reminded them? to cancel their Quibi subscription before they got charged. Probably not a lot. This is what
2: I told people. This is what I told people when they were like, who is still paying for the, who are these 72,000? And I was like, you know, in 2015, there were still people paying for AOL. Like people sign up for stuff and it auto deducts and you just don't notice it. Um,
1: I mean, hero is a strong word, but I... (laughs) You can use it if you want.
0: That's fine. (laughs) Ben and Libby, you're my heroes. Thank you so much for making sure that I unsubscribed from Quibi before I got charged $5. You're welcome. So,
2: (laughs) in Uh, light of that news, I have to ask you something. uh Uh-huh. Are you sure you canceled Quibi? (laughs) (laughs) And I have a follow-up. Let me check. Is Quibi dead yet? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Alright, I'm going going I'm gonna well, I am i can not answer Ben can't answer the first question. I'm not even right. sure if I can.
1: The, the second question, <laughs> there are seventy-two thousand strong, so they're not dead yet. Uh, those those subscribers are Can we look up some um, numbers,
2: some subscriber numbers for, for other streaming platforms. I mean maybe? Disney
1: is what, it's sixty million? Sixty-five million, <laughs> I think. Uh, but no, those those seventy-two thousand they're gonna be like a little succulent. You can see it, like, just peeking out above the soil. And, I mean, if you get it just right, if you just nail it, like, don't overwater it, give it the right amount of sun, all of the delicate in like, balance of life that goes into to growing that thing out, it might reach 100,000 subscribers. Like, it might become a full-fledged succulent in which it is, you know, noticeable if you dis- look real close. Like,
2: <laughs> Five-year right? plan.
1: That is a plan. That is a plan. Cool.
2: Five year plan for Quibi.
1: 100,000
2: subscribers. (laughs) That's good. That's Uh, good.
0: That's
2: reasonable. Leo, are you one of
0: them? Nope. Expired (laughs) Quibi. Millions of Screens is a production of the Penske Media Corporation and Our theme music features excerpts of the classic YouTube video Bjork talking about our TV and Willie Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Our editor-in-chief is Dana Harris-Brightson, our publisher is James Israel, and our executive editor is Anne Donahue. Our favorite series now available to stream on Peacock are 30 Rock, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and Friday Night Lights. Our podcast pick for Peacock's originals is AP Bio Season 2. You can find us on Twitter at A Million Screens and Midwest Spitfire at Ben T. Travers and at Leo Adrian Garcia. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. So leave a review and let us know what you think. If it's good, we might read it on the air. And if it's bad, we'll try our best to delete it from the internet. This has been Libby and Leo. Remind you, as always, that you shouldn't let poets lie to you. You
2: shouldn't let poets
0: lie to you. Ain't nothing wrong with a couple of cold brews and a cool podcast. (laughs)